In our gospel today, I'm going to just focus on Jesus saying, with this saying right here. He says, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the Jewish religious leaders. This idea of the Son of Man, this term, Son of Man, this was Jesus' favorite self-designation. He used this in reference to himself probably 90% of the time. Did he ever say that he was the Christ? Did he ever say that he was the Son of God? Yes, but it was not a whole ton. Okay? His primary self-designation was this phrase, Son of Man. So it's kind of noticeable. Like why did Jesus want to use this phrase about himself so much? And to answer that question, you've got to go back to the Old Testament. And Jesus gets this phrase, Son of Man, from the Old Testament book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, you have this vision that the prophet has. And it's a, it's a vision that's a prophetic image of all of world history. All world history is summed up in this really kind of simple parable-like image that Daniel has. And in the image, and in the, the kind of parable, you have these different animals that come. And so first you've got a lion, then you've got this leopard, then you've got these all these different creatures and beasts. And the last one before the Son of Man comes is this beast that you can't even describe it. It's like a, uh, you know, if you ever see those Greek mythological animals, they're, com- they're com- combinations of these different creatures. You know, it's got the head of this and the tail of that and the feet of this and da 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 So it's this kind of really nasty beast that comes. But then after that really nasty beast comes, the Son of Man comes, shows up on stage. And each of these animals, and then ending with the Son of Man, they symbolize different successive world empires, but that are human. These are human empires, initiated, energized by man, and ironically they're portrayed as these beasts. And then when the kingdom of God shows up, the kingdom of God is the one that actually looks like a man. That's the word, the phrase, son of man, is an Old Testament term that just means man, just means human being. That's all it means, okay? So, very strange, kind of ironic, that all of these human regimes are not really human. They're bestial, they're subhuman. And then suddenly, the divine kingdom, the kingdom of God comes, and that's actually the one that's really human. And so as I always like to say in my homilies, you've heard me say this 75,000 times, quoting from the Psychobatic Council, when, when God became man, when he became incarnate in Jesus Christ, he revealed to us God, but he also revealed to us man, how human beings are supposed to be. And so we have forgotten because of original sin, because of our personal sin, because of a history of sin. We've forgotten how to act like human beings and we start to act like animals. And that's how we we run the world. But then Jesus comes and he reminds us, oh, this is how human beings are actually supposed supposed to act. And when the Son of Man was rejected in the days of his earthly ministry, what really was happening was that we were rejecting our very own humanity. We were rejecting ourselves. We were operating on a subhuman level when we rejected Jesus. But what I'd like to propose to us is that this 
scene that we have of we're very familiar with it from all our religious art. You know, we've got all the stations of the cross. Look at how much rejection is going on. Every single station, you know, is a rejection of the Son of Man. And we see, probably some of us have seen Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. So it's a very wonderful movie, very violent, of course. Um, and that's the only thing that movie critics could level against it. It was too violent. Well, you know, it's meant to bring home to us in a very vivid manner the violence of our own sinfulness our own sins. That's why God allowed his own son to be brutalized so so terribly in passion. It's, it's meant to make us say, whoa, that's what my sin does because we think, oh, my sin's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Look at that. Okay, that's the whole idea. So we, we have in our imaginations the passion of Christ. He's one man rejected by everybody. You've got this nasty crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. And you might think, you might think, like, humanity, there's no hope for us. We're totally lost. All of us are pretty much losers. And <laughs> none of us get it. But, but what I would like to suggest to you is that that scene of the passion, of the rejection of the Son of Man, is not the last word. It's not the last words. The last word is that image going back to Daniel, where the Son of Man comes and he reigns and he's victorious. And God's grace fills the whole earth and begins to convert us and to turn us around so that our humanity is healed. And so often I think what we, what we really need to do is say to ourselves, is that really how human beings should operate? First of all, I should say this, are human beings fundamentally terrible and bad? No, they're not. What's, what's bad is human sin, but Jesus has come to overcome sin. And so there's hope. We don't have to despair. We don't have to have a pessimistic image of humanity. We can be positive about humanity because we see Jesus, because we have been given new hope. We've been given a second chance. And so we don't have to be pessimistic. And there's a lot of things, you know, you look around, I say this a lot recently, the division right now because of politics in our own country in America is horrible. I mean, really, you start to say to yourself, what is wrong with us? But there's still hope. And we have to understand that a lot of this is media imagery. And the reality of it is, is that humanity is fundamentally good and we're not a bunch of animals. And Jesus has come to show us that we're not a bunch of animals, even though we might think we are, because we're fighting with each other so nastily right now. And we're being so irrational, you know, and unreasonable. Um, and with COVID and everything out, all the fear and the paranoia and all of this fighting back and forth, and you know, you got the COVID skeptics and you got the COVID true believers, and they're all at each other's throats and everything else. And it's, this division comes into the church itself, and it, it might make you lose hope, but Jesus has come to give us hope that we don't have to lose faith in humanity. You know, one of these things why this whole idea of, of losing faith in humanity, or something, I was just reminded of this recently, reading an argument from an atheist, and the funny thing about atheism that I've always reflected about is that 
The atheist has to have an amazingly dim view of humanity to maintain his atheism. He has to have an incredibly, incredibly dim view of humanity. That humanity is so stupid that for millennia upon millennia, human beings have been religious. And it's all been a mistake. I mean, really, the atheist has to say, and and he's got to say, like, finally now, I come one out of a million people, and I'm the enlightened one, and I'm smarter than everybody, and I've risen above this illusion, this universal illusion of religion, that human, human beings are universally religious, pretty much in every era, all over the world. Different religions, of course, we know, but human beings intuitively have this sense that there's, there, it's not just you and me, but there's a kind of a um, vertical dimension to reality, and there's something above and beyond us that we're oriented to. You know, That's the root intuition of the human religious propensity. And the atheist has got to come along and say, like, I'm the son of man now. Everything that's come before me has been terrible, and now I'm the smart one. Me and the few, you know, the elite, the elect, the illuminated. Um, and so anyways, that, that to me is just one more sort of occurrence of this idea of this unbelievable pessimism about human beings. And we as Christians cannot give in to this pessimism. Okay? As soon as we do, we become antisocial. We, we say to hell with everything. To hell, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We might as well just crawl into a cave and let everything just die because like, we can't do that. Jesus did not do that. He came right into the midst of our craziness and our stupidity, and he brought hope and healing so that our humanity can be restored. So the rejection of the Son of Man, my brothers and sisters, is not the last word. For human history, and it can't be the last word for us as individuals because of Christ, because of the hope that he comes and brings to us. So let's never give up on one another. Let's always love each other. And no matter how crazy people get, let's have a sense of humor and say the Lord's in control. Humanity is not, despite all appearances, a cage of wild animals. Okay? And, uh, and the true healed, restored humanity is working and it will be victorious at the end because of Jesus.